His last cabinet post was as Minister for Jerusalem and Diaspora Affairs. He is the author of a memoir, Fear No Evil, mostly about his extraordinary experiences in the old Soviet Empire. And most recently, he has written with Ron Dermer, The Case for Democracy. President George Bush and other policymakers have embraced the insights in this book on the importance of expanding democracy around the world. Here with us tonight is Alan Dershowitz. He is the Felix Frankfurter Professor of Law at the Harvard Law School, a renowned appellate lawyer, and a distinguished defender of civil liberties. He is also the author of some 20 books, numerous articles, and appears frequently on television as an analyst of major public issues. His latest book is entitled The Case for Peace, a bold and insightful analysis of how the Arab-Israeli conflict can be resolved. Now, to keep this bipartisan, we've mentioned President Bush. Let me mention President Clinton, because he has endorsed Allen's book in the following way. The simple chord that resonates through the complex scenarios described in A Case for Peace is one of decency and respect for Palestinians, for Israelis, and ultimately for humanity itself. Hopeful and wise, the blueprint for stability presented in this book is among the best in recent years, President Bill Clinton. Alan is here in person and the time by video from Israel. Let's get started. Alan? The uh, first thing we do is to check the mics to make sure that you all can hear. Is everything okay? Good. You have a nice big bold picture of Natan Sharansky to look at, and we have one on the moderators. So if we're not turning around, have no fear. We can see whether he's smiling or frowning or whether he's got something he wants to say <laughs> or whether he's in the listening mode. Uh, let me start off. There have been so many developments of recently in the Arab-Israeli situation that I think we should focus really right on current events for a moment, and then we can take a longer look in a, and look backwards if, if our speakers so choose. We are in the post-Gaza period. I think everybody was relieved and somewhat surprised that the uh, disengagement from Gaza went as well as it did in terms of the absence of much violence, the absence of bloodshed. Uh, but having said that, uh, there are also some disturbing post-Gaza elements already. For example, the Egyptians have tightened up on the border between Egypt and Gaza, but before they did, there was literally a flood of new armaments into Gaza, and just in the last 48 hours or so, there have been renewed rocket attacks from within Gaza across into southern Israel. Uh, so the question I want to start with, and Alan, I'll turn it to you, is, is this a period in which we can expect to continue moving forward towards a peace settlement or is it really going to take a pause because enough elements are not in place? 
It's going to take many pauses. Um, the problem with making peace quickly is we have at least one democracy, that is Israel, and Israel is going through all kinds of election turmoil, and nobody knows what the Israeli democracy will look like in terms of who will be in power. Uh, months from now, Israelis get to decide their own fate, and we're seeing kind of the beginnings of a quasi-democracy, and the Palestinian Authority, with Hamas trying to play both sides against the middle, keep their arms, engage in terrorism, but also run for election. The hope is that if Hamas does get involved in elective politics, perhaps, and this is a fond hope which I myself don't believe in, they will follow what happened in Northern Ireland, perhaps, and give up their, their arms. I don't think that's going to happen. I've never believed that disengagement certainly unilateral disengagement would reduce terrorism. That's not why I favor disengagement. I actually think that occupations don't cause terrorism. Occupations, bad as they are for many reasons, reduce terrorism. Certainly the Israeli occupation, the reoccupation of the West Bank that occurred after the Oslo Accords began and then the Intifada, the second Intifada began, was clearly designed to prevent terrorism. So when Israel leaves the Gaza, there will be more rockets, there will be more terrorism, it will be harder for Israel to control the terrorism. Nonetheless, I support the disengagement. I also support ultimately withdrawal from all of the West Bank except for the areas around Jerusalem. Ultimately, what I would like to see happen is a de facto Palestinian border built on the ground with what is in Israel today and the security fence becoming that de facto border. Now, if the Palestinians want to sit down and negotiate something they wouldn't do in 2000 and 2001, then maybe they can get a better deal. But the fallback position, the brilliance of the security fence, is it presents the Palestinians with a dilemma. If you don't negotiate, you're not going to get more than what's outside the fence. If you want more than what's outside the fence, you better come in and negotiate. I think the only change that's occurred since Gaza is the untimely death of Yasser Arafat. Untimely because if it had happened three years earlier, we might have a Palestinian state by now. But the best thing that happened in the Middle East was Arafat's death, and I think we have to the world has to take advantage of that and take risks for peace. Now, the Israelis have to decide the level of risks. We don't get to vote in Israeli elections. Now, Natan, you uh, were not in favor of a unilateral disengagement, which doesn't mean you weren't necessarily in favor of disengagement. But now that it has occurred, well, how does the picture look to you on some of the points that Alan just touched? Well, first of all, I'm very glad for this opportunity to speak, and I'm sorry I cannot do it in person, but maybe it makes it more dramatic because I speak straight from the place where the events are taking place. Uh, second, Alan Dershowitz is not only good friend and great defender of the cause of Jewish people and the human rights all over the world. He was personally my lawyer when I was in prison. So uh, it's very unfortunate that I have to start from disagreeing with my friend Alan. 
it was just now mentioned, or it was asked whether there will be continuation of the moving for, forward towards peace. And Alan said that he doesn't know how Israeli democracy will look like soon. And he said that there is the beginning of Palestinian democracy. I disagree with all these three positions. I think, as I wrote in my book, the moving forward towards peace means that Palestinians are becoming more and more free. And there is no movement towards more democracy or more freedom in Palestinian society. To say that Israel, we don't know how Israel democracy will look like, Israel democracy is very strong. And if so many people were surprised that there was no civil war, by the way, I was never surprised, I was always saying that there will be no civil war, just because Israel is democracy and because all parts of Israeli society, those who agree and those who disagree, the army and the leaders of the army and the leaders of the settlers, they all were working hard to avoid civil war. Now, as to the beginnings of Palestinian democracy, unfortunately, and that is the reason why I was so much against unilateral uh, disengagement, unfortunately nothing said there are no signs that there are even attempts in this direction. I was, I believed that we shall leave us long ago. I believe that Palestinians should have their state long before Ariel Sharon was ready even to pronounce these words. But I always believed, as I said, the depth of our concessions should be at the depth of democratic reforms on the other side. What really happened when there were so many people who were saying that look how peacefully goes disengagement.